1: Great to be back with you, folks. We certainly hope this finds you well and serving God. And with me from North Carolina is Kevin. Good morning, Kevin.
2: Good morning, sir.
1: So just to to be up front with you guys, Kevin's having a little bit of problems with his coach. Remember, he travels in his home, and uh, his home is a coach, and it's a nice one. But, you know, as you have mechanical things, I'm here to tell you that every once in a while when you're driving down the road with your house, your house just doesn't like that. And uh, Mm -hmm. so as you think about it, pray with Kevin about that. I think he's got it all figured out and zeroed in on what needs to be done. Probably by the time you hear this, it'll be done. But pray for Kevin anyway, and that no other things will come along, and uh, uh, we, we certainly hope that uh, quickly he'll get this fixed. We're in the book of John. We, we've been talking about the life of Christ, and uh, everybody Everybody alive should know the life of Christ. Whether you're a Christian or not, you should study this. I used to have an old pastor friend of mine named Daryl Wood from Columbia, South Carolina, a dear brother of mine, Palmetto Baptist Church. And he used to say, Brother Doug, you know, we all need to put ourselves looking at that cross at some point in our lives. I'll never forget that. Then you have another saying that we all need to consider missions. Look what Christ did for us. And he used to always talk about what Christ meant to him. He's with Christ right now. Uh, But that was a great blessing to me. So we find ourselves just doing exactly that. We want to learn more about Christ. We want to infuse Christ in a biblical spiritual IV, automatically in our veins, circulating through our spiritual bodies. We want more Christ, less world and uh that's all i can say and speaking about less world brother kevin i was i was watching the president along with that senator from pennsylvania trying to do a press conference oh <laughs> and, no and brother uh, please look that up on Google when you have a chance. It'll, it's going to change your life. It's like a, a 1970s Saturday night skit, Saturday night live skit. It was bad, man. I I, had, I pinched myself to make sure I wasn't sleeping. Yeah, they couldn't find words. Uh, they couldn't conjugate verbs. And uh, the senator from Pennsylvania was wearing a hoodie about four sizes too big. And that guy's got a head about the size of the, the winning watermelon in the Idaho State Fair. I mean, it's just, there's something not right Lurch. about that head, man. Yeah. And uh, I'm telling you, if I had a head that big. Anyway, here we are in John chapter 2, talking about the life of Christ. In the third day... There was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. That's exciting. Both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. Hey, these people got it right. Folks, if we're going to have a successful marriage, if God's going to make a difference in our nuptials and our lives, if, if things greatly are going to happen through this marriage, it takes a miracle, man. It takes Christ, the miracle giver, to be part of that marriage and be invited into your marriage and again there in verse two and both jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage and when they wanted wine the mother of jesus saith unto him they have no wine jesus saith unto her a woman now that's not disrespectful actually that's a a phrase they still use in the hebrew language but and, and uh, uh translated over here to greek obviously to english Uh, through a great text, um, Texas Receptus. But it says, What do I have to do with thee? Mine hour has not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, just do it. I want you to know that those are the last words of Mary, the mother of God in the Holy Bible. And they are, whatever Christ tells you to do, just do it. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it sounds silly to you. It doesn't matter what it is. If Christ tells you to do it, just do it. If we're going to have a marriage, if we're going to have a life, if we're going to have relationships, we need to do whatever Christ tells us to do. We should cut out this page and send it to those people who believe in a liturgic uh, Catholicism type of thing, that uh, Mary is deity, Mary said, sin now. Whatever he says to do, just do it. As a matter of fact, I yep. believe we should sue Nike, Kevin. Uh, I believe, because those words, just do it, I believe, are from the King James Version of the Bible. And they were set there, six water pots of stone, after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them to the brim. And he saith unto them, draw now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. And uh, going on to 11 there, when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. And saith unto him, every man at the beginning thus set forth good wine. And when the men have well drunk, then which is worse, but thou has kept the good wine until now this beginning of miracles did Jesus in the Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him and that's what God does he uses miracles so that our image is not distorted and here we are we see Christ turn in water into wine we know that wine is a fermentation process that when you make a, a grape juice you put it in barrels and you let it sit there and it has a little teeny bit of alcohol like grape juice and orange juice and all these things I have today but it ferments into this alcohol that'll get you drunk and stuff these haven't fermented yet this is the good grape juice this is welch's grape juice right out of the bottle praise god right out of your refrigerator tasting good making you smile a little bit because you got some good old-fashioned juice right there and and so God can change things but you got to invite him to be part of the marriage so Debbie and I I warned Kevin I said this is going to be a long introduction brother Kevin so Debbie and I we we, we were saved from the, the bottom of the hill I mean God brought us together we had a good marriage we were caught up in and in in you know, religion and steps and those types of things. And I asked Debbie to marry me and it came time to get married. And, you know, brother Kevin, what do you do when you're going to get married? You call the justice of peace. So I called the justice of peace and I said, listen, I want to get married. Can you marry me on October 8th at my house at 10 o'clock in the morning? And uh, he said, Yeah, now I can give you a Christian ceremony for 25 bucks, or I can give you a Mormon ceremony for 10 bucks, or I think it was something like 50 bucks, 25 bucks, or just the Jehovah's just the Justice of Peace thing for 10 bucks. And I thought about it for a little while. And I said, You know, God's worth it. I'll just give you all the money. Come do the Christian service. Well, that morning started out great, and my plextron went off. I was a firefighter. And to make a long story short, I ended up at a dump fire, and I was on the end of this huge hose dragging right out of the Quinnebog river and uh, man i'm telling you that water was coming out and i was shooting it all over that fire we couldn't put that fire out and time escaped me and i heard over the loud speakers of the pumper truck is there a guy there who's supposed to be getting married and I remember I looked at the chief and I waved to him and he gave me a ride back to the fire station all the way yelling at me and swinging at me, telling me I, it took my wife 20 years to start hating me. You're doing it on the day of your marriage, get in your car, turn on your blue light and go home. And I remember I got home, Debbie and I didn't have much to talk about when I went in the house. I took a quick shower, put on my best pair of jeans and a polo shirt and got married. And, uh, but I want you to know that even though the guy did a Christian service, we didn't know Christ but some years later I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and savior. And when we invited him, when Debbie got saved after I did, when we invited him into our marriage, it changed everything, Kevin. So having Christ at your marriage is pretty important.
2: Yes, sir. Wow. And what a, uh, <laughs> what an illustration yeah. there. <laughs> that is crazy. Um, you know, when our Lord showed up at this marriage, he certainly did number one, sanctify the institution because, you know, if he was being invited to something that was not righteous, he wouldn't go, but you know, Jesus, our, our Lord did like to participate in social yeah. invitations. He was given an invitation to uh, some meals and one of them even was a Pharisee. Um, one of them was a bunch of publicans. And so, uh, um, you know, he went to these things. He tried to oblige people, and certainly the idea of a marriage was very precious to him. And he uh, went. You know, why wouldn't it be precious to him? Because he was on earth looking for a bride. He was searching. Uh, the father had sent him. You know, to go, go, son, go get yourself a bride. So uh, he, he, he was drawing a church, and and certainly. Uh, what he did here was kind of a picture of that whole thing, but he's, he, he made a great picture, brother, you had mentioned something. And so while you were telling your illustration, <laughs> uh, I've heard it before, so I was looking for something else, but <laughs> no, it's, it's an incredible, I don't ever, that's a good illustration of what not to do with a marriage, but, yeah. uh, with your own marriage, but, uh, no, our, um, the, the text where we're talking about, just talking about this thing, what did he create, you know, when he turned the water into wine? And I just, you know, I just want to point out, brother, you touched on it. Um, uh, uh, the wine that was in the scriptures, w- w- there are sometimes it was obviously alcoholic beverage and it was strongly warned against. There's other times where it was, it was like, uh, wine that, that was being encouraged. And so what was the difference here? You know, why would God use this blanket thing? And I just want to say a good analogy or a, a good parallel is our use of cider. So there's hard cider and then there's just cider.
1: Hold on to that for a minute, brother folks. We'll be right back and we'll be talking about hard cider and regular cider. Hang on. I want you to know that if you're hearing thunder behind me, it's actually thunder rolling. So back to Kevin; he's telling us about cider and hard cider, dear brother.
2: Cider, yeah. So there's no nothing wrong with having cider inside of you, but um, you know, hard cider is alcoholic cider. So you know, cider is a generic term, and so wine in the Bible is a generic fruit of the vine. In fact, there's a scripture that says. as the this is Isaiah 65, 8. Thus saith the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and one saith, destroy it not, for a blessing is in it. So I will do for my servant's sake that I may not destroy them all. The scripture is saying that the, the new wine that's being talked about in that verse is in the cluster. So it's actually in the grape. Well, this is not fermented, it's not down in the basement, it's not, you know, in the wine cellar, not in the bottle. It's um, it's in the grape. And so we're talking about something that we need to be very careful if we're gonna say Jesus drank wine based on John chapter two, because at the very minimum it's it's evident that wine was not necessarily alcoholic. So just because the word wine is used is not alcoholic. I believe, I agree with Jay Vernon McGee that it was um, and with you evidently just listen to you that it was not alcoholic wine and that our Lord did not make something that was corrupt uh which would be fermented um and certainly did not make something that would corrupt us but so anyway be that as it may some good guys disagree on that but uh that's where I stand and and evidently where you do too. So, uh, brother, I agree with what you're saying on the uh, on the idea that he showed up at a wedding and it was a wonderful thing. And um, I was going to point out, too, that in verses you just read, this, this account shows that things go bad. You know, we have a trauma ministry and this trauma ministry is when things go really bad. But, you know, bad is a spectrum. And so if you, now, by the way, this is, this is bad. I mean, this is a serious faux pas at a wedding. The wedding feast lasted a week, evidently back then, and a week, uh, you're running out of wine and you know, the beverage, this is, this is a serious thing. And so, uh, evidently people were indulging in a very dry climate over there and it just got drunk all up. So what was the big problem? The problem was that that they didn't know where to go get more. And so Mary wisely said, listen to my son. My son's got the answer. Whatever he says, I don't know what the answer is. Just do it. And so like you said, Doug, whatever your problem is, whether it's big or small, number one, whatever Jesus says, do it. Inject obedience into the equation. If you're lacking and the area of obedience, in other words, if you're not doing whatsoever Jesus said, you can't expect the miracle that God intends to take place to take place. And um, and I was going to say one more thing before I hand it back to you, Doug, is that um, this was a small thing compared to some of the stuff. I, I just, was just speaking to someone on the phone. I called tech support for my rig trying to get my slide in to slide in or my slide out to slide in. And on tech support, I talked to someone who is very traumatized in their life because of a narcissistic abuse situation. So invited to camp and just tried to make a, you know, a path of, of restoration for her. But that's serious stuff. And I'm sure she has nightmares and, and, you know, all the kind of stuff that you get. But when you go through something, that's accumulating trauma in your life it bumps you up against those upper limits of of stress where a small problem can suddenly become big because you're you know you're bump, you bump you, you're bumping uh, near the top every day all day your fight or flight is engaged your adrenals everything is in in hypervigilance and so if someone's here listening to this You've been through the junk. You know you're hurting, and lack of wine. Uh, uh, you can. I've seen people, Doug. I've seen them melt down at a birthday party and hide in a closet at their own birthday for the remainder of the of the party and not come out because one little thing went wrong. Well, is it possible sometimes those little things that melt the person down are because they're already bumping up against accumulating trauma? And I think we need to be uh, understanding when possible and try to help get the person out of the closet by understanding what's going on. Tell me, tell me your story.
1: Yeah. And that's so good. And, and just there's so much to get out of uh, John chapter two here in, in this first public miracle, we uh, scholars believe obviously that uh, Jesus has at healed Peter's mother in law. Uh, by this time. But here's this public miracle, and it involves all these people at this marriage ceremony, which a marriage ceremony in 2023 is not that big of a deal, sadly. But I want you to know that it's something that we should step into. It should be the biggest deal ever, because it's a picture of Christ's relationship with the church. It's a picture of how our relationship should be. And we see a few things there. And we we talked right away about the couple in that first 11 verses. They had the foresight. However, it came about... They allowed Jesus and his disciples to show up and uh folks this is this is where your wedding should be the men of god the women of god involve people bring them in if uh if you're married now and things aren't exactly turning out the way they should be bring christ in right now and then that second group of that second person mary here's mary her last words on earth her last recorded words on earth and 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 she's saying hey my, exactly what kevin said my son has the answers this is a great embarrassment we're out of wine you know your choice was there was a well in town and usually as far as possible at least a couple hundred meters away would be where people would have outhouses or on the side of a mountain where they would use a restroom and they would build divider I mean they were a long way apart from each other and somewhere in the middle is where your public square would be probably where this marriage took place perhaps even a building or whatever the case may be and and here's these servants carrying these water pots. And many people believe there's as much as six gallons that go in those water pots. They followed a pretty strong template there. And they have big handles. When you go overseas, you can see them. And they would put, you know, wood logs through these things and carry them. A crew of four people would carry these six-gallon water pots, six gallons times about eight pounds. I don't know, about 50 pounds. And, but they filled them to the brim, walking across that land, doing everything. They said, this is for God. And and folks, if there's a lesson about our lives, we need to walk around and say, our lives, these are for God. We need to fill things to the brim when God's concerned. We need to fill things to the brim when God's not concerned. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily, not as to men, but unto me over there in Galatians It tells us that we should delight in Isaiah 58. We should delight in approaching God. And uh, in Ecclesiastes 9, it tells us that we should do it with all our might when we do things for God. So, if we can learn a lesson here, let's look at these disciples, let's look at these servants. And, and and folks, that's that should be a picture of our marriage. It should be a picture of our ministry. And no matter what the case should be, we should fill it to the brim. We should be honored to serve God. We should delight in serving God. We should be wired into serving God. And I I I just think and, and, you know, as we view the life of Christ, if anything comes out of this, he's Christ, the only one. He's the true and living God. He's the holy God. And at some point Kevin and I are going to get to the names of Christ. But but Kevin, it's so significant, you can't look at chapter two without leaving and saying, "He's Christ. We need to follow him."
2: Yeah, verse eleven says, "These the beginning, this beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth His glory." Amen. And you know, gl- glory is the manifestation of who He is. It's it's his, it's it's kind of the veiled part shining out, and um, his his disciples believed on Him. So this was. Uh, A tremendous, like just what you said, this showed Christ was, you know, the anointed one of God, the long awaited Messiah had shown up and, you know, he wasn't out there saying, hey, everybody, I'm the Messiah, but rather he was systematically, one at a time, going around, fixing this problem, fixing this problem, winning this person, winning that person, um, speaking of... Hey, Kevin, a, a here we terrible. are right at
1: the end. I hate this, but folks, you don't want to miss this. <laughs> We're going to keep going. Come back tomorrow morning. You don't want to miss the life of Christ as we continue to go on. We sure do love you, folks. May God bless you.
0: more information or to donate and support this crucial ministry please visit us at woundedspirits.com may God bless you